and I'm very thankful to be connected with this and to see his vision come true. Like Carl was saying, who, like my 21st birthday, I was ordering Domino's, like we, we went out and we were eating Domino's pizza and Dylan is having his first personal development event that he sold out. Yeah. yeah. And, by, and by the way, um, we Dylan came down to Miami with a group of us. He invested uh, $700 for coaching with me and for a ticket to the event. And at the end of the event, after the first day, we're sitting, I'm at this dinner. It was, it was like some type of like VIP dinner. So I'm at this dinner with a, a group of people that I didn't know. And one of the people working the event comes up to the guy next to me and he's like, look at this Dylan kit. He pulls up Dylan's Instagram. <laughs> Dylan has 10 pictures, because that's the most you can have on Instagram. And it was 10 pictures with like all of these celebrities that were coming to the conference, all of these people that he met. And I was like, yeah, that's Dylan. <laughs> and uh, I, can I ask you a question? Hit me. So we, we go to this event and <laughs> we're talking before the event. Dylan's like, you know, I really want to figure out a way to stick out. And you had these business cards. Um, you had these cards at your event that I actually use as more of like a bookmark for a book. <laughs> and uh, Dylan's like, do you think I could get that contact? I want to make that a business card. So what did you end up doing with those business cards and who did you end up giving that to that everyone in this room knows? Um, so I ended up getting trigger happy with the cards. <laughs> and like, I think the janitor had one and the valet guy had one, but everybody I saw, like guys in the airport, we met some male guy who's like the mailman in my town who knows who I am. He had a card. I don't know why, but I was so excited that I had the cards. So. Um, at this event, uh, there were Richard Kidd and Floyd Mayweather were the, basically the celebrities of it. Richard Kidd opened it up, Floyd Mayweather ended it. Um, and two, an hour, hour and a half, we're waiting for Floyd. And I'm just like, oh, well, I should definitely have a card for him because I'm going to give him one. I didn't have a card. It's like, shoot. And then out of nowhere, Giovanni comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, how you doing? I was like, ah, I'm good, but I'm out of cards. He's like, take mine. And I was like, no, 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 I, I gave that to you, it's yours. And Giovanni's like, no, I know who you are. <laughs> I follow you on everything, take my card. You can return it to me later. And I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. He's like, he goes, what'd you say? I told you it was meant for someone. It was meant for someone. So me and the Royal production crew, Floyd Mayweather pulled up in front. He comes up a different flight of stairs. We're all sitting right in that stairs. And I convinced Ken Jocelyn that he needs me to tell him when Floyd shows up, so I had access backstage. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, Ken, are you are you upstage talking to us? He's like, Yeah. I was like, Can I come backstage just to point to you when Floyd shows, so you guys can pivot? And then he's like, I'm just trying to get my way back there. And he's like, Oh yeah, that makes complete sense. <laughs> I'm like, Sweet. So then I get the card from Geo. And then I see the van pull up. So I run up the stairs, and I, I'm just sitting backstage. I'm like, OK, when Floyd comes in, I'm going to have to go outstage. But before, he needs one of these cards. So I need to make sure he knows who I am and give him the card. And I, I was hoping that he was going to try to crumple it because they're metal. And then be like, oh, wait, like I need to know what's up with this. So he took it, and I gave him a brief, very, very brief on who I was. 
And then I came out from backstage as they were walking out and then stuck right in front and like where I wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> and I was asking him questions on his definition of uh, success and stuff. And then when he was leaving, I left the crowd and stuck backstage again to then talk to him again. And then he liked the post. Dylan, what do you, so Dylan's very good at approaching people. He approached me at my conference and he asked me some question like, hey, you know, what do you think of me? Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, the fact that you went up and introduced yourself, I, I, you have a lot of respect for it. And, um, you know, it turns out he does that to a lot of people. So, um, someone who is maybe a little intimidated to meet someone, maybe it's a business relationship, maybe it's someone they like. What advice would you give to them? They're not going to bite you. Um, the worst thing that they can do, me and Carl talked about this, is say no or I'm not interested. So what do you have to lose? You only have to gain, right? Hey, I'm Dylan. This is what I'm up to. These are people I'm connected with. This is why you want to connect with me. But then Ken Johnson told me, still have that energy, but be interested. Not, interested, not interesting. You want to be like, Hey, I'm Dylan. You don't care about me. I care about you. Tell me about yourself. Because in everybody's head, you guys are all your own heroes in your own story, right? So I always ask people, I go, hey, I'm Dylan. I know that everybody is their own hero in their own story. Let me meet that hero. Tell me who this hero is I am standing in front of, right? So who's this hero? They're talking about themselves, talking about themselves, talking about themselves. Now they've got that energy out of them. And they're like, wait, who are you? So now they're interested in me. That was the biggest pivot point that I had from Ken Johnson in those coaching calls. So now I've learned to, hey, I want to meet your hero. Give me the highlight reel. Tell me everything you've done, not everything you've accomplished, nothing that you failed at. Now they want to know who I am. Now we're connecting. And now they're like, oh, wait, I want to connect with you. Oh, I want to connect with you. Oh, I want to connect with you. And the biggest thing that I learned, I would have never, thank God for your event, because I would have never invested anything into an event, because, whoa, I'm going to pay, what, how much money to sit in a room? <laughs> And it's not the new Spider-Man movie? Heck no. <laughs> so it was like, luckily, Carl was speaking. I said, Carl, let me come as one of the crew members, please. And he's like, OK, I have an extra ticket. I was like, <laughs> so I go in, and I looked it up. I followed you right away. And then I looked it up, and I was like, wait, there's a VIP dinner. I don't have a ticket to one of those. I'm going to go. I will go. So I walked up to him with the mindset of, I'm getting into this VIP dinner for free. <laughs> so I was like, he's got to know who the hell I am. And then I'm talking to Matt Buchanan. I'm talking to you. And then I, you asked me after I was interested in you. And then you talked to me. And then I was like, he's like, you coming to dinner? I was like, I don't have a ticket. And you looked at me. I was like, but I'd love to go. And you were like, all right, come to dinner. <laughs> no fear, we all had to pay. <laughs> the, the money came back to me. <laughs> So the only thing that can happen is you don't gain. You can't lose. You don't lose. You only gain. So ask who that hero is. You guys are all sitting next to heroes. Find out who they are. Find out who they are and see if you guys can put a cape on together. What, what does Stanford Inspire Night mean to you? It means that I um, 
I can do it. And we all can do it. Because you're all heroes. <laughs> I like that. I thought that was a pretty creative creative name because originally we were supposed to do it at the Royal, but with everything going on, it just made sense to do it here. But um, I felt like when we when you thought of that word inspire, we were thinking of the Royal Communication Center. I mean that place I mean that place is so inspiring. It you is. Just, you just walk in there. Yeah. What what is what is the main thing that you've learned from the Royal Communication Center? Like I mean you got you those of you who haven't been there, you walk in there, there's this big wall that everyone writes down their goals. Like if you don't get motivated from that, then I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I really believe that if you write it down, so I listened to a podcast with Carl and Freddie Fox, and they were talking about if you tell yourself you can't do it, your body's going to do everything in its power to make that a reality. So, like, the thing in Carl's studio is you can't say I'm stupid, you can't say I can't, you can't say, oh, you can't be a drainer, and you ha it's all positivity, and that energy just, in no one's in there, you walk in, you feel the energy, right? You look, you're reading all these goals, and it's like, well, if I write this down, I have to do it. Because what if I write it down and somebody walks by and they ask Carl about me and then they look it up and I didn't do that goal? Why did I write it down? Yeah. Is that account you got that, that team accountability with that wall. <laughs> so it's the biggest thing is meet those heroes, compliment somebody. Because you never know who you're going to be in front of any day. You don't know who's going through what. So, like, I'm at the gas station, and I see this lady yesterday. She was, like, sh shivering. And she had a glove over the gas handle because, like, it was so cold. And I said, sit in your car. Let me, let me do it. I'm Dylan, by the way. And then she comes out. She goes, thank you so much. And she paid for my gas. But then... <laughs> but, but then... Then she's interested in who I am. And she wants to know the guy who wears the cape. And that's a connection. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's this, there's this concept in Beyond Positive Thinking, and it talks about how outflow equals inflow. The more you put out to the world, the more you'll start to receive. And uh, you know, when I think of Dylan, he's putting a lot of outflow out right now. So thank you for putting this together, and thank you for having me. Of course. What are your biggest outtakes, like your biggest life lesson? What would you tell your 20-year-old self? The usual questions I ask. Yeah, so my biggest life lesson was uh, we were all huddled up kind of like this, and it was at the end of a speaker school. So there was 20 people, and we were getting grilled for three days about how bad our public speaking was. <laughs> We, we were getting put on camera, we were getting audio recorded, and we just wanted to get up and walk out of the room. Um, but at the end of it, you're like, wow, like, you know, really learned a lot about myself. Here. I can't wait to put this stuff into work. And uh, we're, all settled, we're all settled around, and um, it's a Q&A. So a lot of people are always intimidated to ask questions in a Q&A. But the speakers really want you to ask questions in a Q&A because they don't want to answer them after when they're at the bar drinking their tequila soda. <laughs> so, and, so I'm like, you know, my mentor's name is Tom. I was like, so Tom, why do most people not get what they want in life? And he said, most people don't get what they want in life because they don't go after it fast enough. So you can continue to come up with excuse after excuse after excuse 
or you can execute, execute, and execute. And um, I told Dylan, I said, you're gonna run into a lot of challenges with your first event. People are gonna start bringing up stuff. You're gonna have stuff with venues come up. Just do it, just do it. And look what he did. <laughs> yeah. And so when you start going after stuff at a faster rate, you start figuring out more and more about yourself. And uh, so that was one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten in my life is, if you want to make something out of your life, if you want to feel fulfilled, make sure you go after stuff fast enough. Awesome, so the biggest thing that I've learned this year is one, ask questions, two, be interested, not interesting, and three, surround yourself with bigger thinkers, bigger picture thinkers. Because if I was sitting home with my high school friends from high school who are in college, I, I didn't go to college, and their, their priorities are different than mine. Right? So get yourself in the room with people who want to be where you want to be. Level-headed thinkers in the area that you are working. Right, So that's where we are. This is like-minded thinking. If I wasn't surrounded by the like-minded business partners and friends, we wouldn't be here. And I wouldn't have a podcast. And I, there wouldn't be metal cards on the table. It's the idea of, it's just the idea of know that the people around you are going to bulldoze you over. And you just kind of got to roll over the rocks instead of smack your face on them. Yeah, uh, 100%. But once you roll over the rocks, you, you're standing up and you realize you're on your freshly paved road. But it's your, it's your road. You've, it's your foundation you've built. And now you can start to build a town off of that road. Now you've got neighbors. Now you've got a family started. Now you have a, a store on the end of the road. But you built the road, and those people came to the road because you built it. Any more questions for me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, um, so it's funny because I was actually talking uh, to the Uber driver on my way here because he was playing Frank Sinatra. <laughs> yeah, he was playing Frank Sinatra and I said, um, I was inspired to talk to Dylan about potentially having this event based on what Frank Sinatra did late in his career. So Jerry Weintraub, is a guy that I really look up to. He's passed away, but he produced The Karate Kid. He took Elvis Presley on tour in his late 20s, so at a very young age. Um, and he took Frank Sinatra on his second leg tour as he got older. And Frank Sinatra was looking for something new, creative, and something that would get him excited. So Jerry and Frank were talking, and Jerry's like, you know what, Frank? I think uh, I got an idea for you. We're gonna play at the garden and we're gonna revolve it around a boxing match. So we're gonna have you play live in a boxing rink where everyone can see you and you're gonna do a 360 degree performance on live TV. So think about a guy like Frank Sinatra. He's had all this success in the world, but he's still looking for something that will excite him. So you have to be very creative. Now you're in a time right now where the last two years, they said, hey, you're gonna have to do things a lot differently right now. It doesn't mean you can't be doing what you want, but you're gonna have to be doing things a lot differently, right? So what they did that night is they had a live performance in Madison Square Garden, sold out, I think it was in 1974. That Uber driver today, he still was talking about that event. He's like, I actually had a guy 
the other week who he went to that concert at four years old. So how can you be so creative with whatever you do that people are talking about it years and years later? And I think you put together something tonight that people are gonna continue to talk about, not only tonight, but in years past, because you did this on your 21st birthday. So what are some of the things that you looked at with this event that pulled out some creativity out of you? You're like, you know, how can I actually make this event happen when no one's doing events? Like, how did you become creative with this event? Well, first I thought you were out of your mind. <laughs> and I, um, I thought you were out of your mind. And then like we started, it was just a thought. And then things started rolling and I started doing things. I started running around Stanford getting quotes. Wasn't real, wasn't real, wasn't real. And then this came in and I was very excited about it. And then I got the text from Eventbrite that we were sold out and I was like, oh, it's real. And then I was like, it's the idea of, I couldn't, I didn't know how many letters there were in the alphabet as a 16 year old teenager, right? I did not ever pass a test in my life. I did not go to college, but if you, if you are looking at what you didn't do versus what you did, it's look at the rose flower instead of the thorn. Look at the rainbow instead of the rain. You good? <laughs> yeah, look at that. Yeah, that, that's going to give me something to think about tonight. Look at the rainbow instead of the rain. Yeah, so you were like, the, the whole time throughout this event, you were looking at the rainbow. Yeah. You weren't even thinking about the rain. Yeah, you knew this jackpot on the other side. I knew I could impact people. <laughs> wow, so I, I just have one question for you, but one last question. Um, so dyslexia is a thing that, like, I, I heard Tom Cruise had dyslexia and um, stuff like that. I don't know a ton about it. I just know one thing, like, you're an incredible public speaker that I look at your text messages sometimes. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, what did he say? <laughs> So, 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 like, what can you tell people about dyslexia who maybe don't understand it in its, in its full nature? Well, I will open with hard times don't last, strong people do. Right? So, I'm in high school, I can't read, I'm getting called stupid. I started to believe it. But my mom came to me one day a couple years ago. And she, I think I was complaining about something. I was overweight. I was not in a good headspace. And my dad said, Dylan, I was, I was very overweight. And he said, Dylan, jump on the scale. I didn't want to. But I did, and I was 150 pounds at a 5'1", whatever he says I am. I'm really 5'3". <laughs> well, I'm really 5'3", but he jokes to me that I'm a midget. Um, and I went home, and I cried myself to sleep while my mom woke me, I woke up and I said, mom, what am I gonna do? And she just looked at me, no emotion, and she said, Dylan, change nothing, nothing changes. So I took that and I said, you're right. And I said, well, can we figure out a way so I can lose weight? So was, we, she put me on a time diet. And the time diet was, you wake up for school at six, you don't, you don't do breakfast, you do lunch, you come home, you can eat you can't eat after nine o'clock. You can't eat before eight. 
So it was a time, it's like, but that is the small mountain. That's the rose petal starting to come up. Yeah. That's a rainbow starting to shine through the rain. I'm gonna be thinking about that rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because when you, when you look at the rainbow, the, the positivity thought, you know, you, you're thinking of that jackpot, whatever that jackpot is to you, you're thinking of the beautiful colors. Uh, versus when you think of the rain, you're like, oh, I gotta stay inside. Yeah. Oh, what what can I do? You know what I mean? No, go uh, play in the puddles. Yeah. So that that's the main thing. That's the main perspective that changed your life. Yeah. Was like, hey, like there's certain things that I'm not gonna say I can't do, but there's certain. Mm. There'll things, be challenges. Yeah. There's gonna be certain challenges, but you're like, hey, what can I do? Yeah. So I was in school, and I used to tell the teacher and my parents that it looked like Chinese. So. Um, I get overwhelmed when you have a textbook open and it's just a bunch of words and then if you stare at it for too